0: Hello fellow concert addicts, Jamie here. Kicking things off for 2020, we're jumping straight into our podcast. We plan on focusing a lot of attention and energy on it this year, so be on the lookout for many new episodes. Our first interview is with an American legend. He is a comedian, a director, an actor, voiceover artist, screenwriter, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bobcat Goldthwait. As a weirdo child of the 80s, his on-screen characters were about as funny as anything could be. He was hilarious. From his roles in the Police Academy franchise, the talking horse comedy Hot to Trot, and the best Christmas movie of all time in Scrooged, he made me and many others laugh a lot. He then went on to making his own films, becoming a writer and director. The earliest in the pack was the dark comedy Shakes the Clown, and more recently releases like God Bless America, the dark movie Willow Creek, and the Barry Crimmins documentary Call Me Lucky. He has lent his voice to dozens of on-screen characters and has created some truly unique television shows. I would suggest checking out his anthology series, Bobcat Goldthwaites, Misfits, and Monsters. It's fantastic. He spread his wings further and started directing comedy specials for his fellow stand-up comedians. Working with Mark Marin, Patton Oswalt, Morgan Murphy, Cameron Esposito, Eliza Schlesinger, and more. Bobcat will be here in Vancouver on February 15th as part of the Just for Laughs Northwest, billed as JFL Northwest. He will be at the Van City Theatre at 3pm for an In Conversation event, and then you can catch him at 7pm that same evening for a stand-up set at the Rio Theatre. JFL Northwest runs from February 13th to February 25th. For full details, check out jflnorthwest.com. And for more information on Mr. Bobcat Goldthwait, you can check him out on Instagram at Bobcat Goldthwait, all one word. So, without further ado, here is our conversation with this wonderful human being. I just have some few, a few questions for you. Um, sure. Yeah. So over the past uh, well many years, you've made a lot of uh, movies and stuff, and uh, yeah, you know a lot of them are you know cult classics going way back to *Shakes the Clown* and. Uh, you know, more recently with Willow Creek and your Misfits and Monsters anthology, um, where does your interest in making movies come about?
1: That's a good question. I, you know, I, 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 it took me a long time to realize I really enjoy telling stories, um, but I don't know what, why I'm so driven. You know, and it, it does, you know, it, it, it is a sincere um, aspiration because I'm not like. You know, I don't use movies to perpetuate my career as a stand-up comedian or as an actor or anything. I'm I'm truly interested in telling stories. I, I just find it really fun. You know, Tom Kenny had a funny take on it. He said that, you know, before people knew me as a comedian, when I came out on stage, I could freak them out, you know? I could make them uncomfortable and be weird. And then people kind of expected that tune of me. So. he he thinks i'm doing it now because i can still bother people
0: (laughs) you can kind of shock them and uh it's not the preemptive of you know seeing your face and expecting something yeah that makes sense
1: yeah and and the thing is is i'm not really trying to shock them but the thing is is the type of stuff that i gravitate towards that interests me seems to be you know i mean that's just uh you know i don't i don't think these things are that outrageous but uh i guess they are to some and and i think it is accurate to say that you know the majority of the stuff i make is very culty yeah it's it, um, yeah for but, sure
0: it's definitely very uh, interesting and it's not i guess because people expect things to just sort of fit in some box and uh yours are more well more well yours more well-ended. I
1: think- I also think people, you know, I feel that there's a, there's a, you know, most people are are trying to um, be mainstream and, uh, you know, have a large audience and I, I, that's never interested me too much. So, so, you know, it's interesting. It's like, it's like Call Me Lucky, the documentary I did on Barry Crimmins was, was, is probably, you know, the thing that's been most, favorably received and it was the thing that was you know there was no reason you know what i mean it wasn't like well i'll make this movie about my friend who people don't really know who's a comedian's comedian who was abused as a child i mean that's not the kind of thing you'd say well that that's the kind of thing people would take notice you know um you know i've never had any like strategy in making these movies and stuff they're just the things that i, I care about Or interest me yeah that that, that makes sense
0: I mean and that's what you can see um, within them is that there's it's not trying to fit in some it's not trying to fit something it's just what you're interested in it's kind of a piece of you um, and a piece of your I guess your heart kind of like it's what you care about uh, or at least that's what it seems like when you watch it is that it's made from a place of love especially with that uh, that documentary was you know it's really touching Um, and uh, to those who didn't know of Barry Cummins, it definitely shined a light on him that he deserved.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, now I'm now I'm currently with uh, Judd Apatow. I'm making that movie uh, into a narrative film. Oh, really? Which is yeah, which is funny because that was the original idea was to make it as a narrative film. So it's come full circle. And Barry knew that you know he passed away, but he didn't know. That that's what was in the works, and and he was excited about it, and um, it, I definitely have his blessing. But it was funny because he was telling me I have to hire Mark Ruffalo to play him. <laughs> well, they look exactly <laughs> the same, so <laughs> it's really funny. I said, "Well, I think Chris Pine should play me," and he's like, "Who the fuck is Chris Pine?" And I'm like, uh, I go, ah. "I'm like, how do you know Mark Ruffalo?" He goes, "Well." I've never seen act, but I really like him at the fracking demonstrations. <laughs> That's yeah, that would be the perfect casting I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I also I just think it's funny that Barry was like uh, uh the idea of Barry watching like the Hulk or something is pretty funny to me. Yeah, like cuz
0: <laughs> his his uh, his take on life he was sort of sort of step outside of the mainstream so for him to see any interest in yeah. that just seems so yeah.
1: weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so with uh, with like Willow Creek and you know more of the, you know, I guess uh horror movies, but I guess it's kind of more of like dark dark thought movies I like to call them. Um what what uh like do you have a an interest like are you a, a
1: horror movie buff, I guess I would say? Yeah. I mean I I you know, I I just like you know, I I like movies so but I don't um discriminate, you know. I I do like horror films and um you know, the, the horror is, is so close to comedy. It's it's almost the same thing. You know, what I mean, the misdirect, and then something happens, and and the you know, and the the tension, and yeah, I, I'm not a, a snob. I I like uh, horror films. I think they're great. That's, yeah. Yeah, I guess horror movies are kind of
0: like the setup without the punchline. Uh, they're the pain without the payoff. <laughs> well, you don't laugh,
1: but you well, you do. I mean, you scream hopefully, or you know.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, different emotions. You
1: know, I, I made I made Will Creek for a lot of reasons, but it was really fun. But the you know the the biggest reason was I, I was just you know like Quentin Tarantino always says these scenes that honestly nothing's going on, but you're sitting at the edge of your seat, you know. And and I was like, can I do that? Can I can I m- make people uncomfortable? You know, because there's absolutely no suspense in God Bless America, which which would probably have helped that movie, but, um, it was still a great movie. Well, thanks. I mean, thanks. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, thanks. I mean, it's it, 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 there's a, it's really just, uh, I mean, some people think it's just me yelling at people, yelling at the kids to get off my lawn, but I I was trying to make a movie because I was wondering where we were going as a society. And, um, it got w- worse than I had even imagined. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely like, it's interesting though. Like, um,
0: it's, uh, like, I guess like, I just keep coming back. It's not, it's just, it's not, doesn't follow some, some normal setup, some normal, you know, it's exploring. Yeah. Like, you know, and God bless America, obviously is a, you know, perfect title for it. Cause it's kind of like, uh, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's like, you know, Frank says uh, uh, in an an outrageous comment weighs more than the truth is a line he says um, in in America. Which is true. Yeah, I I mean, I guess it totally makes sense that we got a reality show host as a president. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's
0: uh, interesting to see sitting up from our uh, ivory tower up here in Canada looking down, uh, (laughs) even though we have our own (laughs) problems here.
1: Yeah, but it's kinda like, um, you know, we're kind of uh unfortunately like Canada has to watch us like a a drunk stepdad. You know? (laughs) Like, oh no, is he in a good mood? (laughs) Is he gonna start a war with Korea? What is the (laughs) up Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like it is like having a loud neighbor. Um but uh yeah yeah but yeah it's, you know, like i said we have our own things up here so we don't get away scot-free on anything so no 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 <laughs> um so switching gears to uh about your stand-up um i mean you've been in the scene for i hate the word scene but you've
1: been around doing stand-up for 30 yeah. 30 years or more, more not, than that no more than that because i started when i was like 15 i i got 11 when i was 20 so i'm 57 holy so that, moly that's yeah, that's 37 years. Yeah, I got a Letterman when I was 20. It was crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I'm back doing stand-up again. I go out and do stand-up, uh, and uh, I'm filming, a, I'm making a kind of a documentary co- uh, concert film with uh, Dana Gould. He and I will do a two-man show where we're both on stage for the whole time.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah it's really fun you know we just did it last night after we uh had taken time off we had gotten in a car accident and uh oh, no. the night we were gonna the night we were gonna film it originally and that was in august and and now we're all healed up and we're back at it oh we're my goodness I, it, you, guys, uh, you guys are okay now though weeks. oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah oh good okay good but uh um but yeah that's, that sounds amazing so is that going to be kind of like a an alternate approach to, like, you know, a comedy special or a comedy
1: hour? Kind of because it's kind of because it's like, you know, I'm not that naive that I think if I knocked on any of the major places that put out these and said, hey, um, do you have any interest in this? They would be like, I don't know, two, two old white guys, you know? <laughs> you know. Finally, finally, we get to hear what white males have to say. Um when when is somebody going to give white males a chance? Yeah, a break, yeah. Or uh, or a yeah, talk to a talk show host named Jimmy. So, um no, but we <laughs> we I not say Jimmy's Jimmy Kimmel's my good buddy, but um but yeah, I so so we're doing um uh so I thought uh, you know, I'm going to do it the way I do my movies and 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 make it small and under the wire and and uh hopefully it'll be a little bit more than just stand up and and have something to say and people will will, it'll hold up as a as a documentary so
0: that sounds that sounds awesome i mean with your filmmaker touch and your ability to you know tell a narrative you know through visuals i i am very excited to see those two things come together thanks and that's and it's also
1: with him it's like it's like uh it's a good it's a good teaming of us because we're similar in a lot of ways, but we still uh, have enough um, uh, not in common that it makes for, you know, a good teaming. Perfect.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds, like I said, that sounds very exciting. I might have to uh, watch for that coming out. Um, So I just said in the eighties, obviously you were known as, like you said, kind of the wild man, people had an expectation of you, Um, just chaos, chaos and mayhem all going on um as a child of the 80s i was in, completely enamored with you and uh you kind of made it you kind of set the wake for it to be okay to be different like you know i think kind of any outca- oh that's nice that's nice yeah so outcasts like myself or yeah
1: that's the, you know
0: i just wanted to thank you well,
1: for that that's really nice and that's kind of how i always have have well thanks you know i've always saw myself as an outsider not you know and not um uh uh Yes, and uh you know, I remember once, and this is like 20 years ago, this kid in a mall, she had like green hair, and, and she just, you know, uh, <laughs> she was kind of heavy, and she came up to me in a mall, I was in Omaha, and she goes, I love Shakespeare Clown, and I was like, I made it for you. <laughs> like like, hey hello fellow weirdo you know really really (laughs) yeah
0: like i think that's that's exactly exactly how i mean a lot of people in that sort of outcast or outsider you know i would i i felt that way and people i knew who were the same felt that way and i'm assuming that's why like shakes the clown and these other movies you put your hands in and you know either participate in or create um they feel kind of made for that, for those people, like they are made from that type of person. So we feel like we connect with it. Um, But yeah, as a child, I looked up and I felt like, I was like, Hey, there's another guy who's crazy. (laughs) And it wasn't until, you know, I'm an adult that I I'm an adult and I realized, Hey, you know, there's a little bit more going on there, you know, you're,
1: you know, there's, well, thank you. Uh, You know, that's, um, uh, uh, yeah, one of the nicer things. Uh, oh, yeah, said. no, no be problem.
0: It was just, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It was a great. Uh, I mean, I've loved your body of work and all of your comedy. So it's 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 uh, it's amazing to to speak with you. Um, I just have a couple last questions, then I'll let you go. Um, I remember you re- reading about you touring with Nirvana way back in the day, and uh, what was it like? Did yeah, you do yeah. comedy to open those shows? Like was it stand up comedy that you did, or was it more as like an MC
1: role? Um, it was kind of like I did comedy it was kind of built sometimes as an MC, but if the crowd was with me or sometimes even if they weren't you know I would do stand up you know I I did it in Vancouver actually Um, I was uh, yeah it was uh, it's always jarring for people to find out that um, Kurt was a fan of my stand up but but you know, before they broke, he wanted to meet me, so he interviewed me in a college radio station in Ann Armour in Ann Arbor, uh, uh, Michigan, and um, and gave me a copy of Bleach. And I listened to it in the car, and I was like, <laughs> these guys are really good. And boy, you know, the music industry really sucks because you'll never hear from them. And then um, the about fans. a year and a half later, <laughs> I was on stage. Yeah, and I was on stage opening for him getting hit with Bibles and having M eighties go Jeez. off by my head. That's crazy. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. You know, I got to a point where I got to a point where I had done stand up and I had done like all these things that were kind of neat. Like I, I, I once had a benefit I was at a stadium with forty thousand people and I went on stage and I had a good set and I was like well, I don't know what else there's left to do, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where do you go up from that? Yeah, I wasn't headlining. I was just on this bill, but it was just like, yeah, this is all weird. And I had, you know, HBO specials and I'd been on talk shows and I was just like – and then, you know, that was at the point where I was like setting the Tonight Show on fire and smashing the (laughs) Arsenio Hall show and doing a lot of stuff like that because – I. Uh, one, I was angry, but the other part of me was just, like, I was kind of done with it all, you know? And and um, so, opening for Nirvana was, like, it, it didn't, you know, where I think a lot of comics are frightened about bombing, I, I, I enjoyed the rush of... It was almost, like, sometimes, like, being a heel in a wrestling match, you know, going out and inciting a crowd. Perfect analogy. It's like the anti-hero, or... The, yeah, it know, just kind film, of was funny to me, you know, uh, you know, to have people upset. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's great. That's uh, I love uh, I I see a lot of stand up. It's something that really interests me. And, uh, you know, you got uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, Eric from Tim and Eric. Uh, yeah. He does a he does a, a, a set where he basically plays like the, the bumbling, uh, the bumbling comedian who can't make it on stage and uh, kind <laughs> of just messing with the crowd. Or you have Neil Hamburger. To, yeah uh, yeah whole, yeah. you know purposely riling the crowd and making enemies with them that's a great way to open a show uh yeah. if you're not the headliner
1: <laughs> well but you know eventually i got to the point I, again like what tommy was saying you know i can no longer freak out people so so I, maybe i was just searching out ways to freak them out or or audiences that uh were going to be upset by my being there <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome that's yeah that's great <laughs> it's yeah it's uh it's it's making it fun for you which in the end makes it fun for everybody or
1: not but you know know, it's it's
0: a it's in the name in the name of comedy
1: you know again again it's just like you said you know it's i'm i'm just trying to find my star belly snitches you know talk to the other weirdos (laughs) yeah yeah
0: all right i just have one last question for you something we ask everybody um who is a, a lesser known or maybe under the radio radar we'll say artist, but for this we'll say comedian, um, that you think people should be checking out somebody that you're, Oh, that I, you like.
1: I, you know, she, she has a new album out, but, um, my friend Caitlin Gill, I, I think is a, a great comedian. She always does. She always destroys. I think people will probably catch on to her, but Caitlin Gill, um, is okay. an album out called major. Um, She's just uh, uh, you know, she's uh, she's one of my best friends, but I also you know, even if she wasn't my friend, I would plug her. She's uh, hilarious. Oh, perfect. okay, so
0: we'll uh, we'll definitely have to recommend her. um and so that's it. That's all I have for you. I just want to say thank you for your time. i'm uh, I've been, like I said, I've been a fan of your work and comedy and film and everything for over three decades, and I just feel honored to have stolen a few minutes of your time.
1: Well, that's really kind. And thanks for the the nice words. That was really cool. Well, thank you so cool,
0: much. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot. I uh, hope, you, hope you have a
1: wonderful day. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: And that wraps up our chat with Mr. Bobcat Goldthwait. Don't miss him in Vancouver when he is here on February 15th for the JFL Northwest Comedy Festival. We appreciate you all tuning in. Check back again in the coming days for more interviews. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And don't forget, Love, live, rock and roll.